Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Triple pump fakes, leads it, shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row. Six rebounds and eight assists. Oh! Hollins climbs the stairs. Down the floor. Ryan Hollins, he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down. And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another episode of Buecher and Holland, subsidiary of Buecher and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. Uh, you can hear me on Radio.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buecher and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buker. He's Ryan Holland. You can see him on a number of platforms. You can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollands, and you can follow him on Instagram simply at Ryan Hollands. And you want to do that, especially on Twitter, because he's putting out some of his own content, some of his own opinions, doing, I assume, the production as well. It's 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 looking good, Ryan. Like uh, you're you're a you're a one man band. You're a you're a a a, a one man shop, if you will. Yeah, I'm kind of humbled by hearing that, man. I never know when you're watching, Rick. I never know when you're I'm watching. Always, I'm always watching. I'm always watching. Um, so I uh, want to get to the we, – we're recording this after the Clippers dispatched the Celtics in overtime. 107-104, I think, was the final score. Uh, but uh, before we get to that and uh, want to revisit – the uh, last year's draft. Uh, I want to get to something we saw the other night where Kobe Bryant showed up at a Lakers game, sitting courtside with one of his daughters and uh, dapped up LeBron. And then, as I was told, when he left, left with a couple minutes left in the game and gave LeBron the finger point. But these guys were on very, very good, respectful, admirable, you know, mutual admiration, which is, first of all, Kobe, Kobe and LeBron fans, I don't know what they, how they took it, what they were thinking. But this is a little bit of a sea change because there's long been the feeling that Kobe and Michael, to uh, a certain extent, never fully recognized LeBron. There was obviously the battle between Kobe and LeBron at one point, but there never seemed to be a thawing out of that to any, certainly not to the level that we saw the other night. So what do you make of this? I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was magic and Isaiah kissing before the tip, but, <laughs> but it was... But it was, but it was, you know, it was in that direction. It was, it was. That's a that's a clickbait. They were. That's a one They were, they were friendlier and more, uh, you know, ad ad admiring each other more than we than I've than I've ever seen them. So, uh, what what do you make of that? Why why are we seeing that at this point? Why are we seeing Kobe show up at a game and sitting courtside? 
Well, Kobe, obviously, you know, his daughters are, are kind of at the basketball age, so he wants to bring them back, and I believe that was more of a family experience. Everything Kobe is doing, which I respect, is like, hey, I'm a father and a husband now. These are opportunities I missed out on while playing, but I'm going to immerse myself in my children, and he's doing so. He's like coaching girls basketball. Like, how amazing is that? First off, shout out Kobe Bryant. For two... LeBron had been there a whole year in a, what, about a month or so, month and a half before mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant showed up to his first darn game. Yeah. That says something. Yeah. And I understand Kobe, you know, Lakers were a mess. Okay. They were absolute. They, they were, they were a show last year. Yes. They were a mess, and not in a good way. So maybe he didn't want to come around. Kobe that. didn't want to be attached to that. And, also, maybe it's a lot of a Magic Johnson deal. Magic Johnson's out. You don't hear anything about the front office. Things have calmed down. Yeah. He was, in my mind, Rick, I don't know how you feel about this. I know there's no way that as the decisions were being made in the Lakers front office that Kobe wasn't consultant or consulted or that Kobe wasn't Rob Palenka. But now that the front office is stable, the players are playing to par, and the coaching staff is overachieving. I believe Kobe Bryant knows it's time that he can be around Rick. Hmm. And there's just no drama. Like we talked about it, like, like Kobe has been very drama, you know, not media friendly free. There's not, there's not much you're going to get from Kobe that you wouldn't expect, Rick. It, 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 am, I, am I mistaken? Like there's no like response that you get like, you got to find a Kobe something statement that you can run with. Yeah, no, well, first of all, I feel as if he has tried to remove himself as much as possible from the basketball universe. He's tried to move on to, yeah. I write children's books, I do documentaries. <laughs> uh, Dude, I'm, he showed up to more Drew League games than Laker games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so, and so and here's the thing. I mean, the, the Lakers look really good. LeBron looks really good. They have the best record in the Western Conference. This is something that I can see Kobe wanting to attach himself to as opposed to last year. Why come and watch last year's train wreck once once LeBron, especially once LeBron went down? And then it was just, it was a mess. I also, I can tell you. Are you making this okay that Kobe just doesn't come to a Laker game? Well, he he made a point to me last year. They keep trying to suck me in to being part of this Lakers thing. I am not. I am not involved. Now, do I think that Palenka was taking his counsel? Yes. Do I think Kobe was happy to give it? Sure. But the idea that he was involved or like how involved he was, he, he didn't, he didn't want to be in the fray. And, and, I, and I'm going to take him at his word when he said, look, they keep trying to, and he said, they keep trying to suck me in. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in that. Uh, okay. Let me, let me ask you, this is just a theory. This is a theory. It's not proven. There's no statements here. Hmm. When LeBron struggled his first year, do you think there's a part of Kobe Bryant that sat back and was like, yeah. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I believe that Kobe knew, look, dude, being a superstar in Cleveland or even in Miami, is not being a superstar in L.A. for the Lakers. Like You're not dragging a team in the Western Conference, okay, to the finals. You're not doing that over here, LeBron. And and just being good isn't good enough. Like, coasting through the regular season, you can't do that leading the Lakers. You have to do what LeBron is doing right now. LeBron's bringing it. LeBron's playing at both ends. You know, I don't know if you saw the clip. Like he was joking with Mark Davis when yeah, when yeah. he got he got <laughs> a foul called on him, and he was like, you know, maybe you've been reading or seeing things. You know that I haven't been playing defense the last couple of years, but you know things have changed, and and things have. So I I think you're right. You know, look, there's there's always a purpose behind what Kobe does, whatever he does, and I do believe that coming in and and being with his his daughter and being involved in basketball now i heard i heard his games you do not want to play against his team because 
he'll go and he'll talk to the referees at halftime about what they got wrong in the first half. And they're so starstruck. Oh, they're so starstruck. You're not oh, going to get a call God. in the second half, man. Imagine, imagine a referee getting $10 a game and Kobe Bryant was talking about, it, about exactly. what he missed. Tells him, tells him to put the, the, the calls that the, that they missed. But I, I've been kicked out of a AU game that I was coaching, by the way. Did you really? Teched up, ejected. Yeah. What'd you do? I kicked a chair one time and I'm pretty mouthy. I always tell my kids you don't have to worry about fighting because I'm going to fight oh for you. Don't worry. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, how long ago was this? Uh, I would say maybe four, five or six years ago. Okay. In, right. Well, I got teched up in Oregon, in Vegas, but I think I got kicked out in Oregon. Uh, okay, in Oregon. Okay. All right. What? Who were you there with? What team were you coaching? I was I was coaching the team pressure basketball when I was yeah, yeah boys how old high school okay okay it uh, yeah <laughs> that's funny. I felt like okay and I was just say, I will say this in terms of Star you and Mike Bibby <laughs> what's it with these NBA calls? players becoming AAU coaches and like getting booted what's up with that look in terms of star calls Rick I would say that. The other team would be amped to like play against my guys, yeah, and like my guys then understand they had to meet a certain level, uh-huh, so it's hard to tell them like, hey, they see an n b a player they this is their shot at the n b a in their minds, and they, oh, they were going at my guys oh hundred percent interesting, and I'm like, even if you didn't know who I was, yeah, you're like, hey, I think that guy played some oh yeah, okay that's, <laughs> no I, doubt. that's a seven foot no doubt, no doubt. Here's this is the thing that has to be awkward for Kobe LeBron fans is to see these guys dapping it up and being being comfortable with each other because Lakers fans last year clearly were not accepting of LeBron and and for good reason he wasn't meeting the expectation that they had he is now that's, that's crap Rick what. They didn't respect him whether he was meeting the expectation or not. Well, but but no, but th- this year puts a lie to that because I was there the other night. I was there at Lakers Thunder, and the and the mood is different. The mood is appreciative. That's not Kobe level by any stretch, but then it shouldn't. They be. just realize how stupid it was, though, Rick. Come on, mm, dude. They pay a lot of money for those tickets. They have theater lighting for a reason. All right, all right. They want to show. I- is it fair to say Lakers fans had some humble pie? That's what no, I think I'm no. seeing. They've, they That's should have. Lakers fans should be eating like a truckload of humble pie. They have, their team hasn't been in the playoffs the last six years. But to hear the Lakers fans, no, they're they're insufferable it's, and, and delusional. But they do have a very good team. Not as good as the Clippers, but they have a very good team. And their team's playing very well. I'm not a believer in Anthony Davis. I'm not a believer that they can that that they can sustain what they've done. Well, hold the hold the heck up. What? Define what you mean when you say you're not a believer in Anthony Davis. I believe that when the proverbial rubber hits the road, when it becomes tough, when you get into game six and seven of a seven game playoff series. Anthony Davis is not going to give them what they have to have from him for this team to succeed. So you don't like Anthony Davis as Scottie Pippen. You're telling me he can't be Scottie Pippen. I do Pippen. like him. I do like him as Scottie Pippen. I do well, like him in what, the number what, two spot. But I, will you act like we asked him to be a number one, Rick? No, I'm not. But but to be a number two, you still have to stand up, deliver in the clutch. You still have to you still have to contribute in a big way. It may not be scoring. It may not be with the ball. It may be with a defensive play. It may be just grinding it out. I just I I see I see flashes, but I don't see consistency. I see the opportunity for somebody who's a little like a Montrez Harrell, for example, mm-hmm. where Anthony where Anthony Davis wants no part of that. I see situations and matchups where Anthony Davis is going to go. Um, I think I want to sit this one out. And the Lakers can't if they want to get come out of the West, they can't afford that. 
from Anthony let me Davis. Ask you, let me ask you something, and I want to. I want to kind of look. Who's the Lakers' third scorer? Kuzma. That might be who I will believe less in, because you know it gets down to mass matchups. Mm -hmm. So let's say you find a way to match up with LeBron, or excuse me, Kawhi, and then you match up with Paul George. Lou Williams can give you thirty-five, no doubt, fifteen and five. I believe more in cool in Lou Williams certainly than I do Kyle Kuzma or any other third guy with the Lakers. I, I would point more at the third guy than AD because. What I appreciate from AD, what I'm watching since game one and where they just kind of fed him like eight billion times, mm -hmm. I believe that he's he's like like he's playing a lot of uh, pick and roll. He's running the floor. He's slipping screens. That's what I'm used to seeing from Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis in movement. Rather than a Anthony Davis just sitting around, yeah. I will say Rondo looked really special the other night. I don't know if you saw it, but he was just, he just, you know, the big complaint, and I know you addressed this too, LeBron playing off the basketball mm -hmm. is where you want to see him because now you've alleviated a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And Rondo just had command of the entire game, dude. R Rondo gives them another legitimate playmaker, and it stands out for that reason. Where it comes up short is he can't consistently hit the three and he can't finish at the rim anymore. He hit some, he hit some threes. He hit some threes the other I, night. He I'll, hit some threes. I will I'll live with him hitting a couple threes. But he can't, like when he goes inside, Chris Paul, same thing. Watching Chris Paul and, and Rajon Rondo take, take each other off the dribble, I thought I had stepped into a YMCA. I would give that's funny. I would give Rondo. Rondo's still quicker than Chris, but Chris is still crafty. Yes, yes. Like we, okay, like agree agree on both in, counts. When Chris goes in, you know Chris is just trying to draw a foul. He's looking for so much contact. It's not even funny. When Rondo goes in, he's still look like he's got a he got a quick you. He got a quick you. Yeah. Chris thought he could get there a couple times the other night, and he got oh, it. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. he got it measured. Rondo did the same thing. There was one point where he went in and I don't know if it was Montrez, whoever it was, they were like, get that out of here. And and I think <laughs> they said it even before he let go of the ball. They just they, they oh, knew they were gonna they were gonna take it. Look, it's uh, Father Time catches up with all of us. There's, there's no shame in it. I, I what I love about both of them is they're one, they're so competitive, they're not gonna stop coming at you. They're going to still figure out, like, I, I have a lot of respect for Chris Paul. I know he's, guys don't really like playing with him. He's way ornier, ornerier than he's ever, you know, than I think the general public knows. Although I think most basketball fans have gotten a, a better inkling of that over the last couple of years, but he's always been that way. He's always been, there's always been a lot of nasty to Chris Paul. Uh, but I, I, I respect how, he, his competitive fire, like the last three minutes against the Lakers, he 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 wanted to check LeBron and picked the ball once, fouled him in a situation that was a smart foul. Like LeBron didn't get anything done against him, and and I just I, look, I I admire that. I don't have to play with him, but I I respect I respect that. I'll say that. Uh, all that said. I also think that Rajan is good for AD. I think Rajan is good for AD the way that Sam Cassell was good for Elton Brand. Just no, like, just by looking for him and setting him up, he fills him with confidence. The problem that I have is when AD, like AD's game the other night when he led them in scoring against the Thunder, it's all, it's all, it, it's all jump shots, and he's he's Serge Ibaka. And I just, which is fine, that's good, but for the Lakers and for what else they have, and, and you know, in part because that third scorer is Kuzma by default, if it's not Danny Green, you need more from AD. And I just, I don't see them getting it, ultimately. I just, I, I just, you know, you know, I'll say this before, just move real, real quick. Kind of like AD is what he is. Like he's smart enough. He he's not gonna force 
anything. He'll just get a tip in, an offensive rebound. He'll run the floor. It, it's I, I I'm I'm with you that he's not going to give it to you off the bounce or off the dribble. He's not going to be a guy that you just feed 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 like. But he is that glue piece where, you know, you drop a pocket pass and he picks it up and scores over two guys to him. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to make a lot of those rangy plays. And keep in mind, Rick, like, he's not having to match up with opposing team centers because of how well Dwight Howard's playing. And keeping him at the power forward spot in today's NBA, you have to like those chances a lot more because now – even even honestly, the Clippers could have problems with him because you're going to have to put Paul George or Kawhi on him. Now, obviously, if Kawhi's ready to play, Kawhi can take out Anthony Davis. He took out Giannis. We don't question that. But the rest of the Western Conference, who are we looking at? Houston, we're looking at Utah. I, I don't think I don't see too many matchups at the four with him. Well, see, this is what I like about the Clippers is that they have multiple bodies that they can put on him. They can put Mar- Mar- uh, Mo Harkless on him for a possess- Harkless, possession yeah, or two. That's what I thought of, yeah, yeah. They can put Jermichael Green on him for a possession or two. They can even put Patrick Patterson on him for a possession or two. And so it's the accumulative. Every one of those guys can be physical and pick up two, three fouls, just pounding AD. And then you get to the fourth quarter and you put Montrez Harrell on him. And he's like, because that's what they, really that was their game plan in the first yeah. when they first met. Well, Montrez really isn't a stopper, but he's improved. But that's the only team in the West that I see matching up with AD. I, we, we, we both agree sure. that it would be Clippers. I, I'm just saying, yeah. in other moments, I believe he's going to have an imp because you have Dwight Howard playing at a high level and JaVale McGee, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just blasting opposing team centers. Right. You, just, you, there's, no, there's no, like, matchup for those two combined. No, those two those two have been really good. I guess my whole question with the Lakers is can they sustain? Can Dwight Howard sustain what he's doing? Can LeBron James sustain what he's doing? Cuz I don't really I don't like their depth. You know they the, yeah, they can't afford an injury. What's that? They can't afford one. Nope. If you're saying if can they afford no, they they can't afford one. Well cuz because listen, I need Dwight Howard to keep Anthony Davis healthy. Now he doesn't right. get hit. He doesn't get right. banged. He's not playing the center spot. Right. As a matter of fact, I want him as far away from the center spot as well. You said he's shooting a lot of jumpers. Yeah, because he's not, he not trying to go on the paint. Right, right. All right, so we saw the uh, – speaking of the Clippers, we saw them beat the Celts in overtime, 107-104. They've had some, a couple of disappointing – I thought they came out of the gate first week. they just rolling over people. And I talked about this in the last podcast. This is what concerns me about the Clippers is they stuffed the Lakers, they embarrassed the Warriors, uh, and then they, what, I think they lost to Phoenix, but they they just, they looked like a team that felt like they'd already proved, okay, we're the, we're the best, right? We're the best team in the league. And we don't have to answer any other questions. And it seemed to start sleepwalking. And they were winning games, you know, they still had a decent record, but it's a little early for them to be feeling themselves, is it not? I just their what their defensive capability. Now it, we saw it tonight against Boston. That was that was a slugfest. You can tell offensively they're not anywhere in sync. Although even not being in sync, which I think led to a lot of crazy turnovers, the, they they just missed shots. They missed wide open shots early on. It wasn't as if Boston could really defend them. And I think once they get clicking there, they're going to be scary. But their defense, their defense was everything that I expected. And although Boston took them to overtime, uh, there was nothing. I I, got to be honest. Uh, Doris Burke, Mike Breen, I've worked with them. Former colleagues. Love both of them. I, they, they frustrated me talking about the game tonight. Because <laughs> I, I I just wondered what they were they were looking at. Like Jason Tatum took a crazy ass shot with the game on the line. He took this like runner, this one handed runner that, quite honestly, I think he spent too much time with Kobe. It was kind of a Kobe shot, except Kobe makes that shot. It was I've never seen Jason Tatum take that shot before. I'm like, 
you're taking that shot with the game on the line? That And, and he missed. Marcus Smart airballed a, a, a pull-up. Um, but that's what, really what they came down to was Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart trying to get something done. Uh, they did force the ball, the Celtics did, to Patrick Beverly. But Bev, Bev made him pay. Wide open, standstill, corner threes. And he knocked down a couple of them, a couple big ones down, down the stretch. That ended up being the difference. I just, the result last night reinforced my belief that the Clippers defensively are going to be a monster. And between Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, <laughs> not just defensively, but offensively, you got three go-to guys. Somebody's going to get an easy look anytime you want. Uh, Boston didn't have the same feeling. But I wonder for you, does does anything that has happened so far this season, whether it's the Lakers' excellence or the Clippers kind of, as I believe, slip, sleepwalking through a couple of games, does any of that change your view of where those two teams rank as far as the Western Conference? Yeah, and we're talking end of season right now. If, if I had to rank right now, I'd put the Lakers ahead. I uh, wouldn't question that. But end of season, I still favor the Clippers, but... Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I will say the Lakers have made a, a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, if I want to talk Lakers... I'll give you three reasons for one. Um, Frank Vogel has impressed me uh, by far because he has LeBron's respect and he's got LeBron playing and buying in that. I was like, okay, are we going to see this? And we're seeing it really, really early Mm -hmm. Uh, for two. Talk about Dwight Howard, uh, his emergence. We didn't count him in, in the equation and he's allowing those other guys to stay healthy and kind of roam and, LeBron is comfortable with him on the floor. AD is comfortable with him. That's a really good fit. And three, tying in with Frank Vogel, defensively, there's a pride that their players are taking. Mm. I know Rajon has it. I played with him. I know Danny has it. I played with him. I know Avery has it, and he really set the tone. They're missing him, not in the lineup. But there's a number of those guys that you're – Jared Dudley, I know he brings it in shoot-around. You're, like, guilty by association with those guys. So I will say they 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 closed a little bit of the stagger, but I still favor the Clippers. In terms of the Clippers, I'm extremely confer- uh, concerned with Kawhi's health. Mm. Um, he's missed a little more than load management. Doesn't quite seem like he's gotten out the blocks yet. Yeah. And I felt like last year in Toronto – when he did sit out, it was kind of, okay, this is preventative. preventative. Right. He's sitting out right now because he probably really needs to. And that concerns me, Rick. And I know he played a long season, but it's something I'm keeping an eye on mm-hmm. to see because even when he's come back, he hasn't looked fresh. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky situation because clearly it's not the Clippers that are running this load management thing. It's, it's Kawhi. And from what I'm told, the Clippers are are tiptoeing around Kawhi. That's what concerns me, is that there's some fear with the Clippers. And this is the real, the big difference between LeBron and the Lakers and Kawhi and the Clippers. And this is a weird place to be with LeBron. But the Lakers are the first team that's ever and I suppose Miami when they when when he first went there but but in the last since Miami this is the first time that there's a team that's not Laker LeBron's not going anywhere like this is LeBron the Lakers know that LeBron is here for the duration he's going to be with them for as long as he's still good 
So that's one thing they do not have to worry. They have to worry about, yes, is LeBron basically running the offense? Yes. They, I mean, his authority is still the same, but they, there's not the same pressure of worrying about, you know, how are, are we pleasing LeBron? How's, how's LeBron feeling? Is, is there any indications that he might leave? Like th- that's, that's out the window. True. With the Clippers, with the Clippers, it's apparently, I mean, because people might have forgotten, Kawhi's only signed through next season. And so when this whole load management thing came up and Doc's like, he's not hurt, and then the league got pissed because, yeah, he is. Like, that's why he's sitting out. There was a concern in Clipperville. Ooh, did we just do what the Spurs did? Did we just mishandle providing information that makes it look like Kawhi's a malingerer or he just doesn't want to play. Like what, what have we, did, did we, did we mess this up? And I, I think it's undue paranoia on their part. Where, where's Kawhi going to go? He, he orchestrated his way to the Clippers. It is, you know, where he grew up. It's where he wanted to be. I, like I wouldn't operate from a position of being worried that Kawhi's going to go somewhere. Now it is, it's still tricky because I, I, you know, for everybody talking about what a fun guy he is and he's far more communicative than, than the media would, uh, and, and his, you know, his, his Sphinx like appearance might, might lead you to believe. I don't get the sense that they have a real good feel for where, where he is and what he's thinking on a daily basis. Right. I just, I just don't. I think they're guessing a lot. And I think they're a little anxious as a result of that. And so the vibe around that Clippers team as a result of that does not feel as healthy right now as the Lakers feel. The Lakers feel good. LeBron, LeBron's talking to the media. You got Jared Dudley in the locker room. You got Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. Like there's, you know... They're comfortable with where they are. They're comfortable with the spotlight. I feel as if the Clippers are kind of feeling their way there. They're in some ways they're sticking out their chest a little too much for like, dude, you guys haven't done anything yet. And then you got Kawhi who's not talking. And so now other guys feel like, oh, that's how we do this. We don't talk to the media or whatever. And you're still the Clippers. You're still the second team in that town. Like, you need to be a little media friendly to keep the buzz going, to 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 get people staying on your bandwagon. And so I just I, I there's there's a vibe around the Clippers that concerns me a little bit. Uh, not enough to get off the wagon, but to say I want to see how this unfolds. I want to see how they handle Kawhi. I want to see, you know, how they handle success or any disappointment because they're not playing a hundred percent. It's the, the, the Clippers are that the Clippers are that, that really nice pie that you've seen all the ingredients go in and you keep checking the oven window. Cause you're like, Hey, <laughs> is it like, is it like, is it, is it Brown? Is it standing up? Is it going to want to mess this up? Uh, that's, I believe, that's where I am with the Clippers. I believe ultimately when I look at the Clippers right now, mm. I see a different black backlash from load management with Kawhi Leonard that's lingering. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's going to be secretive to his injury. They're going to keep that in-house or how severe it is or isn't. But I believe there's just a backlash where you can't fly under the radar the way that Toronto did. Now the expectations are there. That's what they're feeling, and I, mm-hmm. I, I do agree. This is their first time at the rodeo. They're trying to figure out do we come out with an attitude and try to stomp the league or do we just survive? And as you know, Kawhi's mentality is just survive. But at the same time, the team is kind of looking over at Kawhi like, Hey bud, it's go time. We're, we're really depleted. If you're not on this roster and you and, and, and Paul George isn't, and that's what you've seen. And we've got to even see how healthy Paul George is going forward. He's still uh, working his way back. That's the questions that we see mm. because it, it, it's weird, Rick, if I'm not mistaken, that you see, you see the band get together for the first time 
and they're kind of chilling as if they just coming off a hit after a hit. <laughs> yeah. after, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you just got together. Yeah. That's the intriguing situation. And will you be able to just turn it on when it's time to get a good seed for the playoffs? When you're 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 in a, a tight series with Houston or Utah, are you just going to turn it on, or is that switch not going to be there anymore, right. Kawhi? And 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 making no doubt, this is about Kawhi. Right, right. By the way, they're they're nine and one at home. They're one and four on the road. Mm. They're too good defensively and, to be and, that and, bad on the road. And, and I'll say this: a lot of that um, was consistent with last year. Um, I worked with Clips last year. It, a lot of that is Lou Williams. Hmm. Lou Williams will come out and be the best thing since sliced bread. And sometimes Lou will, it won't be tonight, you know. Right. And then sometimes Lou is like, well, I don't mind deferring to uh, Paul George, but that might not work out. So that they're defining roles because you only got one junkyard dog who bring it. Well, no, you got a couple. I say Trez and and Pat. Hmm are going to bring it every night. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take it off, but those aren't the guys that you necessarily win with. They are sure. better because of others. Yep. Yep. And and they don't have as good as they are. Their their approach isn't necessarily going to light the fuse with Kawhi or Paul George or Lou or anybody else. They'll provide it, but it's not like Draymond with the Warriors. Draymond, Draymond's energy would ignite everybody else. And I don't know that Montrez or Pat have that, that kind of leeway with, with them. Uh, what do you make of the fact that the TV ratings are down? ESPN and TNT, I think the ratings are down like 27% or so. I mean, other than you're not on ESPN right now, that I would see as... as that's probably like 15% right there. But so the other 12%, how do you like that? I did the math right there in my head. The other 12%, what what would you what would you attribute that to? And I will say somebody wrote about how they 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 blamed it on load management. That that you know Kawhi not playing in games or guys not playing in games. And I'm sorry, that ain't it. That ain't it. It's it's because people aren't going to like not tune in because Kawhi missed a couple of games. You can't attribute the 27% drop because that particular guy is not playing in a particular game. It it sounds good, but the reality is I, I, I look at a, a number of other factors, but I wonder, I want to get your take on, before we wrap this up, what you, is it a cause for concern? And if it is, what do you attribute it to? Well, they can kiss my converse if they think it's load management because it's not. The reality is we consume our media via phone, via YouTube, via Twitter, via Instagram. So there's no attention span anymore to sit and watch a game. It's almost like why either I'm going to it or I need the cliff notes. I got to see the highlights. There's not a desire for it, Rick. And those are the numbers that you're not looking at. They're like, oh, TV ratings are down. Yeah, but there's a couple million hits on YouTube. There's the, the viral stuff is going. The app is going. People are watching on the phones or people are peeking in for a little bit and then and then checking back out. So those numbers aren't as honest as I would say. And what you got to understand is that NBA highlights are the most consumed highlights of any sport. Hmm. It's it's a never ending, never ending cycle. Right. I think there's a couple other things. Number one, parody does not work in the NBA. Mm. Like, yes, the Clippers have some star power with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but honestly, that star mm. power, even if Kawhi Leonard's playing, He's not a dynamic personality. And the Clippers are not a known quantity the way the Warriors were. Steph, KD, the Warriors in the way they play. Like, you knew you were going to get show, you were going to get modern day showtime. You don't know you're getting that with the Clippers. And I still think it's like for the, the, the outside, the hardcore basketball fan. Like, are you tuning in to watch the Clippers? No. 
you were enthralled with who was going to wind up with Kawhi Leonard. You were enthralled with Paul George being traded to the Clippers. But does that mean now you're going to be riveted and you're going to buy the league pass so you can watch every game? No. But more, we have more fans today that are more interested in the transactions and the what ifs in the imagining of where guys are going to go and talking about it on social media than they are actually watching the games. That's just a fact. The other part is, like, you just, how many games were the Warriors slated to be on national TV and now you don't have Steph, you don't have KD, you don't have Clay, you didn't have Draymond for some games, and they're getting beat by, I mean, they're getting their, their heads bashed in. So I believe there there is, there's some of that. Um, but parody does not work. If you don't have that team that everybody's gunning to beat, that's what that's that's when the NBA gets its biggest numbers. And you're missing some of your most dynamic stars. Your biggest stars right now, I mean, obviously, there's still LeBron. But even with LeBron, like I think going back to our first subject, I almost feel like the reason he and Kobe are cool is because even though LeBron is still playing, that fight's over. Like Mm-hmm. His, whatever you think LeBron is, that's what he is. If you think that he's better than Kobe, then you are. Then he doesn't have to do anything more to prove that he's better than Kobe. And if you don't think he's Kobe, then he's not going to win enough with the Lakers to make you think otherwise, that he's the greatest Laker ever. Right? It's, it's almost like that, that deal's been settled. Whether you, you can debate it all you want, but I just don't. I just don't see anything that's going to move the needle. It's not going to change anybody's opinion. So, and then you look at the at, at Eastern Conference. Like, I just look at the stars. Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, you think he? You think he's run out of a little bit of gas? Giannis. Yeah. I think everybody was anticipating that he was going to take the next step this year. He was going to come back and just like Ben Simmons was going to come back with a three-pointer and Markel Fultz was going to be the missing piece for Orlando. And like all these guys were going to take that next step. And I haven't seen it with Giannis. He is hitting threes. He's hit some threes this year. I think his his shooting percentage is up there, but still as a playmaker, uh, I don't know that he's, he's accomplished that. I mean, they they're, they're tied for Boston right now for the best record in the Eastern conference, but I don't see, I'm I'm not seeing a significant change in his, in his game. And he's also like, he's, he's a, he's a star, but I don't get the sense that he's appointment viewing for NBA fans. He hasn't reached that level. Like the KD and the Warriors, KD Steph and the Warriors, they were appointment viewing. LeBron, LeBron appointment viewing. Um, you know, it gets a little thin after that. I don't know if Kawhi, I don't think Kawhi is appointment viewing. I'm intrigued that you're not giving James Harden the respect of what he's doing again. You you seem pretty like, oh, uh, it, uh, maybe it's not. It's there almost a consensus like, who cares? But it's like, yo, like he's doing some wild stuff. He is, I guess this is what I struggle with is he's figured he's gamed the system. Look how many free throws he's shooting. He's shooting 14 threes a game and, and his, and his percentage is ticked up. He's at 34%. He was at 31 about a week ago and he was putting up these huge numbers. And so I just, and he's he's got the ball the entire 24 seconds. He's he's getting things done and he's putting up some huge numbers and they're 11 and 4 because of it. But I I almost feel like it's a it's amplified, it's a little bit better than what we saw last year, but we saw how last year ended. So what's really the suspense? Do I think that what he's doing is going to lead them anywhere? I don't. I think they're I think they're impressive numbers. Somebody might even say they're historic numbers. But I feel like I've already seen this episode 
and I know how it ends. And this is, you know, it's it's 4D instead of 3D, but it's kind of, you know, the, the lines are a little bit sharper. The colors are a little crisper. But beyond that, I don't know that you're really giving me a plot change here. So, yeah, you're right. I'm, I may not be giving Harden his his due, but I just feel like I feel like he's taking advantage of the game as opposed to like he's doing something truly spectacular. Damn, Rick, that's one of the most haterous comments I've ever heard from you. <laughs> the guy scored like 40. He's averaging 40. Like, he's averaging 40. Wow. He's taking it's 14 wild. threes. He's taking 14 threes. Because he's, well, he's not bullying through or he's not muscling his way like because he knows how to play to the refs. Man, like, I'll what? tell you what. It, I, I will say this. His cleverness going to the to the rim on the drive is something else. Yeah. His 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 ability to manipulate how he takes the shot to draw fouls. No, I I appreciate that. I appreciate the art. You know what it is? You know who you know who he is? He's Floyd Mayweather. Mm. He's a technician where when you watch it, like it's really it's really not that attractive unless you get into the the finer points of what he's doing. And you can appreciate the technical ability that goes into it. But is it something that you can like watching Floyd for 12 rounds? You're like, oh, like, (laughs) right. Right. So you, I, I can appreciate the artistry, but I feel like he's, you know, much like Floyd, manipulating the opponent and manipulating the game to take full advantage of it. And he's pulling out victories as a result, but it leaves me a little short. And if that's the haterist thing I've ever said, I don't know. I gotta think, I gotta believe I've been harsher than that with somebody. I was just harsher with AD a couple couple minutes ago. I'm just like, yo, look at what he's doing out there. What is what he's doing? And you're like, ah, who cares? Like, yo, look what he's doing. I, I, I got. There's I, nobody in the NBA who okay, can so do what he does. Do you think he's the greatest? Do you think he's the greatest scorer we've ever seen? If if I see those performances in the playoffs, I'll oh, start. Well, you I'll know start you're not going to see that. You know you're not. That's what I talk about the ending. We already know this. I can't ending. say that. I, I can't say that. I know I won't see it. I can't say that I know I won't see it. You know, play this way, dribble, 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 105 games. No, that's not happening. 100 games. That's I don't not care how many times you dribble as long as you score the basketball and you win, and he's he's Dude, doing both. How ma- Yeah, but how many easy buckets does he get? Uh, I gets the free, like, the free throws, but still, he has to work to get those free throws. He has to work to create that contact you're right hey what else is it supposed to be easy i mean damn rick like yeah to get to 100 games to get to get through 100 games to average 40 when you there's averaging a easy 40 and there's averaging a hard 40 i feel like it takes a lot of energy for him to average this kind of 40 are they winning they're 11 and 4 yes I'm not saying it's... What are you complaining for? Because, because to your point, like, this this doesn't matter right now unless it results in coming out of the West. Unless uh, unless it results in them doing something we haven't seen them do before. Other than that, then it's like... I just know that roster is depleted. I just okay, know so it's they're, not they're intriguing, but... I think he's just very hater. You're making my case for Anybody me. If else was doing this, you'd be losing your mind. Nah, like I don't. On average, those numbers, you're oh, wow. It's not. On lately? It's not what he's doing. It's how he's doing it. And I can appreciate. I, I can appreciate. Losing though, Rick. What? You're, you're talking like they're losing. No, if, I, if if they were losing, I wouldn't even be talking about it. When, it, when, a, guy, when a guy scores... 50 or whatever, and they lose, I, I'm sorry. 
I don't get excited about that. I'm, I'm going to be the last one to go, oh, if only he had help. I'm like, no, dude, if you got 50, you got the wrong 50. If you got 50 and you lost. Silence. We're going to end it there. Because I just, that's, I shocked. By the way, talking about today's fan and attention span. People need to know Ryan Hollins is always checking something out while we do the podcast. He's always looking something up while we're doing the podcast. I never have your full attention. Correct? Can you hear me now? <laughs> I don't know what my uh, my connection just chopped up. I know you said something about I'm always checking my phone and then it just chopped all the way up. <laughs> Oh, that's as good a comeback as you could possibly have. All right. That does it for this episode of Buker and Holland's subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Recast Network. Uh, wherever you get your uh, your podcast, iTunes, wherever, uh, please rate and review the show. And if you want us to do something for you, because you are doing something for us by doing that, then uh, screenshot the review and send it to at Buker Friends. You'll be eligible to win an autographed copy of either my book with Yao or Derek Rose's latest book, and we will get that autographed by him as well. And I think we have to, I think we need like another 50 reviews, and then we'll be having another another drawing. So get your uh, get your review in, get your name in, and that's not, those aren't big numbers. I mean, what, gotta be one out of, I think we've already had 25, so let's say one out of 75. Those are very good odds of getting yourself a autographed copy of one of those books. Your choice. All right. In the next podcast, I will be joined by Mr. Will Blackman, and we will discuss everything that's going on in the NFL, including Mason Rudolph's response. It took six days to get a response on everything that happened with Miles Garrett. <sighs> I don't know why they needed six days, because that was, uh, that was a shaky announcement read from a piece of paper. We'll get into that. Uh, in the meantime, for Ryan and myself, as always, thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 